stretch in 100 years. Best shit house gift you think will be insightful, clever, or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one car. Uh, it is Thursday, the 12th of... May? Yes. Uh, welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And I'm Charlie Clawson. Hello, Charlie. Uh, we're, ba- we're in the same room. Same room. It's like on the couch, except it's on the uh, on the hard rubbish armchairs. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's on the armchairs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should have called the show, on yeah, the armchairs. On the armchairs. Bloody hell. Ah, that would have been heaps easier for my mum to Google. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, mum, mum was like, "Oh, I'd like to listen to your football podcast." Oh, she's right. on Twitter now, and she's getting into oh, the really? internet and oh, stuff. That's good. And uh, I, mostly just so she can follow dairy farming news and stuff. But still, she's but, on... so the newsletter, the Hayfield newsletter, just ain't cutting it anymore. No, but the Hayfield Twitter account. Oh, the really? Hay- the Hayfield News Twitter account is really. I don't know. I don't know if they still publish the Hayfield News, uh, which they used to just print out on A4 pieces of paper and distribute <laughs> around the town. They used to print it on that, like, you know, that stuff that if you smelt it and yeah, you got high. The, what was it called? The blue something or another? Yeah, you'd, oh, you'd just, you know what? I don't think they sell that anymore because bikies were making it into meth. <laughs> I think that was the secret ingredient in the Breaking Bad meth that turned it blue, was whatever yeah. that stuff was. But if you could get those things fresh, that you know, was and that it was always, high. And it always kept the paper kind of moist. Even if it was a couple <sighs> of days old, the, the, the paper was still kind of moist. I mean, it was like getting uh, fresh bread from the bakery. <laughs> like, if you just got one that was hot off the presses, you were just like... Yeah. I was, that's where I think I got my love for news. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why I still get up early in the morning, because I just love the smell of print well, paper in the morning. Well, that's where that term comes to sniff out a good story. It comes from... Oh, it comes from that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good. Well, good to have some facts in this football podcast for, <laughs> for once. So it's nice to be in the same room. Yeah. Uh, we are doing it on a Thursday. I did get some feedback during the week. Uh, I got... It's got to be honest, Charlie, one of our listeners mm-hmm. had an honesty session with me. Oh, shit. <laughs> two-hour honesty session? Oh, there were some leading teams involved. Yeah, there was right. some back and forth. He came at me and he gave me a bit of like, hey, I firstly want to say, you know, uh, that I love Tofop and I, I love the new footy podcast. So he's put that one in first. Yeah. And then he's dished up the... But it's coming start out... With, start with a compliment. Start with a compliment, yeah, yeah. which I skipped over because I knew the butt was coming. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he's got to, he goes, but it's coming out too late to be useful. Right. And I said, well, you know, firstly, I don't think that this podcast was ever meant to be useful. No. Especially if you're talking about like laying tips or something. Please. Right. Please, please don't. I, had, I said for the first four weeks that Frio will be okay. Frio will be okay. You watch Frio, will be fine. I was so wrong about uh, that. I mean, I've got to stop picking Collingwood at some stage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I keep thinking that I'll be okay. I think I would listen to too much of Eddie Maguire's breakfast radio show. I think so. And I, 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 like, I feel the spin. I've, Every week I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no, they'll be right this week. I've heard it in the way they've programmed me. I've said at least three or four times on this podcast, oh, they're good with their backs to the wall. Right. It's like, where did that narrative start? I don't think they're in prison. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. No, but they've won four of their last 18 games or something like that. I mean, eventually yeah. I've got to realise that they're not very good. Yeah. But anyway, he so he said it's coming out too late in the week to be useful. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's coming out late in the week again because we just get to do it whenever we can do exactly. it. Exactly. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Particularly last week, we had a lot of internet problems. Yes. Because apparently tough. the hardest place to do it is not between Australia and uh, another country. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, between it's Australia tough. and Perth. Yeah. That's... <laughs> Obviously, obviously, all those internet beams got yeah. fucked up by Mick Taylor in the middle of the desert. 
as some sort of Wolf Creek promotion or something like that for the new series starts this week on Stan. Yeah, that turned out okay though, that app. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than, I mean, it was a struggle. We had to do, what, three or four kind of false starts. Uh, and the other thing was that, because um, ordinarily the thing about doing it down the Skype is at least that we can look at each other so we know when one or the other of us is perhaps going to be finished yeah. or when, you know, you can bounce off someone. Yeah. But we were just, had it on headphones, on delay, having a guess. Well, uh, actually, uh, I was at the Logies on the weekend and Lemo was asking about how we do the podcast yep. down the line. And I said, oh, with Skype. And he's gone, oh, is that effect like, you know, and I was like, yeah, we've developed a very complex set of hand signals right. <laughs> to indicate when you agree, when you're going to speak. And, I, and the thing about our hand signals is, I think they're a bit too the same. Have you noticed that? Sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes the point between you go yeah. and the point between I've got something yeah. <laughs> blurs into pretty much the same hand action I've noticed. We'd be the worst SWAT team on the planet. <laughs> like, you know, you're going around the corner with your guns ready to just put out my hand and you start firing. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's get ready to fire. In the meeting during the week, there's one guy going, hey guys, I, I don't want to rain on the SWAT parade. But do you think these hand signals are a little similar? <laughs> you know, these two things that are meant to be complete opposite. Shouldn't we have really opposite hand gestures? I mean, I guess it's like the AFL teams. So tell me this. We've talked about this a little bit before, but I'm always yeah. interested in this. Is the like I've noticed a lot more hand signals now yeah. and, and sort of actions and calls like that. Like at the bottom of packs, you know, when yeah. they're setting up for things, there used to be just the, you know, put the ball on your head and wave yeah. your hand in the air and stuff or just the, if you got the ball outside 60, you'd do that one where you just kind of like masturbated the yeah. ball in front of you, which yeah. said I'm about to... I'm about well, to have it kicked down there. Well, but the Saints versus North, Lee Montagna did an awesome one kicking out from uh, the goal square. He grabbed the ball and basically did a big circle with the football. Right. And the commentator asked Lee Matthews, he said, what do you think that means? <laughs> <laughs> and Lee Matthews says, I think what he's, he's saying is, I'll go to the boundary line. But what he actually, but what his teammates know is, go down the middle. So he reckons it was like a double whammy. Right. Where for the opposition, it's like, oh, he's sweeping the ball to the boundary. Let's get the boundary. But our players know, just go straight down the line. Yeah. Which is exactly what he did, which means Lee Matthews is a genius. Uh, Lee Matthews is a genius. Uh, but I wanted to see uh, AFL football get like baseball. Oh, yeah, I yeah. would like as we're about, there's like yeah there's coaches on the runners on the side they're throwing each other signals rubbing their nose tugging right. their ear. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's what Josh Kennedy's approach on goal is. It's just a right. bunch of complex foot signals before he. Gets oh yeah, the ball. he's setting up the team defense. Yeah. <laughs> He's sending a message of how to set up the team defense. It's actually Morse code. If you put microphones on the right. dirt, you would hear him beating out the pattern of what their defensive structure is. It's why be. the West Coast Eagles players, as he's kicking for goal, all take their shoes off. Yeah. And they just put their feet on the ground, or at least like put their hand down. Often they'll like. Why are they listening? Why are they listening yeah, to the why ground? Is he? Like they do that thing like Lloyd used to do of like tossing the grass in the air, but they just get some grass and they put it to their ear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it was, uh, but anyway, it was a big weekend in footy. It was a, a, yeah. a great round. Yeah, um, uh, uh, I, uh, I got to admit, because I was busy this weekend, I only got to see two games. I saw the Tigers versus the Hawks, and then obviously the Saints game. Yeah, I saw a couple of games. I, I saw probably four or five games over the weekend, which was uh, fun. And there was a lot of, lot of good games of footy as well. Mm. Um, both of our teams had good weekends, I yeah. thought. Like, I mean, even though the Saints, we'll get to that game and we'll yeah. talk about it, but like, Again, yeah. This Next. is the, this is the one thing that I am standing by that I picked earlier than everybody else and have kept the faith. Yeah. Saints not as bad as people reckon. Yeah. Uh, well, Lee Matthews made that observation as well. He said during the game, I think people need to reassess where we've put St Kilda. They're actually a good team. They're not getting the wins, but they're actually a good team. Very competitive. I mean, you know, a kick or two here or there. 
and they could have four wins for the season and a really kind of you know be, suddenly be people talking about them like you know being around the finals in the same way as they are about Melbourne yeah that's good definitely I uh speaking of uh, your team and my uh developing love for someone I never thought I would have much love for Nick Rewald mm. uh is I listened to him. He did the commentary. He was part of the commentary team on the the rub, the Triple M Friday night yeah. game. And so I was in Perth and I couldn't find somewhere to watch that because of the time difference. They weren't showing it on the TV stations I had in my hotel room. Mm. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll go for a walk before my show and I'll listen to the commentary. Mm. And i tell you what, like Nick Rewell knows fucking heaps about footy. <laughs> like, but in a really... It was a really uh, interesting thing to hear him, the insight he gave to the game. And like this idea now that we can have modern... Like, he pl- he's playing. Like, he's a guy who's currently playing AFL football mm. and he's commentating a game yeah. on Friday nights and giving, like, real genuine insight into the... Op- I mean, I think we live in an amazing age for that sort of stuff and the yeah. accessibility of... Because I can't remember in the old days... Like, Ron no. Barassi wasn't captain coaching and then going up to the commentary box to commentate games as well, was he? <laughs> no. But how do you feel about that? Like, <clears throat> that thing that's come in the last couple of years where they'll interview a player at, like, quarter time coming off. Do you do you find that interesting or insightful? Or do you find it kind of like... For me, it kind of ruins a bit of the magic of what's going on. I'm making my own kind of narrative in my mind. And so when a player comes on and gets very sort of down to kind of tactics and stuff... I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily adds anything for me. Well, certainly what it's shown me is how much they are able to realise it's a job. Yes. And how much they realise that, you know, we have systems and processes in place. Yeah. And we're in a situation right now, but then we just have to go in at half time. There's no good. Because what you imagined, like in the olden days, you just imagine if they were like, you know, that down at half time, people in the rooms would be making, you know, rousing speeches. Yeah, it'll, or all, like, it'll, you know, be, it'll be, be emotional. Right. Yeah. But it's not really. Which is actually, it's funny you're saying about Nick Revolt being so astute and observer. There's another coach that they've been talking about this week, Nathan Buckley. And I know we'll get to the games. But these, uh, the show I was listening to, they were saying the thing about Buckley that's never been in question is he is a fantastic observer of the game. Right. And one of the commentators gave an example that when Nathan Buckley used to do special comments, he had a way of explaining what was going on in the action so you understood completely what you know what the coach's intent was or what the player's intent was and that was really useful but where the questions have come in is does he have that emotional side of the game is he a guy who can inspire you with a speech or really speak to your heart and get that extra kind of effort out of you in the last quarter because you've got to get people to buy in yes it's not good enough to just see what's happening you've got to get people to understand that they're yeah i mean they talk all the time about the bulldogs about the players love bevo and they Mm. love playing for bevo and I think that can be like a really dangerous thing in some ways because eventually if they stop love, loving playing for them, then maybe they can. But that's why when sometimes you just get a team sacking a coach. Mm. Like, I mean, we never say it, but like Sanderson got sacked by Adelaide, by the team. It felt like he just got... Yeah, Scott, th- Water, Scott Waters got yeah. sacked from the Saints. Right, they the just team. lost the confidence. Like, and at the Saints, it was before Christmas. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, wasn't it? No sense. Was it, when, yeah. when was it in that? Because they'd gone through the season. It wasn't, I mean, it was, it was, it was in, in the, tra- it was in the trade period. In the trade period. Yeah, because we, yeah, we got Richardson on board, but he, we, we'd, we'd actually made our draft picks before he actually came on board. It I mean. that later, kind of. Well, I don't know if that's late. That's early to me. Because that's next season. 
Well, like, no, he finished. But, they, but why didn't they just sack him at the end of the year? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So they had confidence in him at the end of the year, and they've lost confidence by by, under- by the draft. <laughs> yeah, my understanding was that was uh, they they didn't have confidence in him, but it took the players to come together to go to the club and say, no, this guy, he can't stay. Well, I would speculate that's probably what happened with McCartney at the Bulldogs as well. It felt like that with everything that happened there, he lost... Because, I mean, he had time left on his contract as well. I feel like he'd lost the players. The rumour at St Kilda was that he gave a speech, like, you know, the whatever, uh, best and fairest, where he said St Kilda has to stop accepting mediocrity and, you know to achieve something, blah, blah, blah. And this is talking to a team full of players who'd played off in two grand finals, you know, right. seven final series in a row. And they're like, uh, that's not a way to win us over to say we've achieved nothing so far. You know, we've right. gotten very close. Oh, no, I, I meant since I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, I should have. Oh, no, you guys were nailing it before yeah. I rocked up. I'm so sorry. This is... Oh, you know what? I just skipped a line in my speech. So sorry. I, I just sometimes, I literally have just, there's a whole bit here about how it's my fault and it's yeah. mostly been since I've been here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we were just running a bit late and I was a bit nervous and I literally just skipped over that part. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So was the idea with McCartney that he didn't have that emotional connection either? No, I think that he did have. Like, I think that he had a real school teachery like, sort of approach. But I do think that he probably... I think that he's been great for what we are now. Right, like, Deve- you, like a development coach. Right, because I think that he told some people some really hard truths, mm. and some of those people didn't want to hear it. And part of what he did was he cleared out Griffin. Fuck, you had to, you had, he's the bad cop. He, right. You had to get bad cop in, and now you've got fucking good, good cop. Good cop. Yeah, that's, totally. That's the bulldog strategy. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine going, like, five year, we've got a five-year plan too, but ours is a little different. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. We're going to implement... A bad coach, good coach philosophy. <laughs> Basically, we're going to get rid of all the people who can't handle it. Yeah. We're going to tell them some, you know, we're going to give home them some truths. honesty and some home truths. Yeah. And then we'll bring in the good guy. Yeah. Bang. That's a great it's idea. It's not a bad idea. That's a really good idea. Yeah, that's what some teams have got to do. Well, I reckon that's what Carlton have implemented. Yes. Carlton have gone from the bad coach, good coach philosophy because they've gone from Malthouse, mm. you know, being grumpy old Mick into, <laughs> you know, the loveliest guy in the world. Like, he's almost yeah. too good cop. Yeah. <laughs> He's like the Michael J. Fox of the <laughs> AFL. Like, he's kind of this cute little Michael J. Fox kind of character. I had no idea who he was. I actually, uh, after the Blues... Oh, the I believe that some of the players still don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's that little guy yelling at but him. He's sort of, so he's, Where's Mick? He never played at AFL level. No. He was just a, a, a state um, representative and, yep. and coached at the highest level there. That's, yep. When was the last time that happened? Uh, well, McCartney didn't coach. I uh, oh, didn't, didn't play. play. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Uh, there's been a few. It's not as unusual, but he is, I think, a really unusual one because he just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And but then he, like, I mean, he coached Hawthorne, you know. I mean, and right. I think that was it. Yeah. Well, that's all you needed, <laughs> really. I mean, here's the thing: all the, Alistair Clarkson at the moment does seem to have a great record of producing assistant coaches who go other places and have been successful. There was a theory uh, about Mick Malthouse, which may or may not be true. But that sometimes Mick Malthouse would talk someone up in the press that he wanted to get rid of. (laughs) 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 Do you mean? That's brilliant. Which is, in a way, because, like, I mean, there's got to be a point with Clarkson where he goes, fuck losing all these good guys. Every year I lose all these good guys that Mm. I like and, like, you know, maybe. 
you know, he's so like, Mick Malthouse is the used car salesman right. of the AFL. It's like, oh, she's a she's a real humdinger. This one, she'll get you yeah, six miles to the gallon. <laughs> There's no wheels on it. Oh, no, no, don't worry about that. It glides. It glides down the road. Wheels? Where we're going, we don't need wheels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's got to be a point where Clarko, you know, must consider just going, oh, let's just offload some duds to some other teams. I'm yeah. making it hard for myself. Um, yeah, that Mick Malthouse, he came out this week and uh, talked about the mini dynasty that Collingwood were getting ready to set up. How was... That was my... F- this was a mini dynasty. That's not really committing. You either go all in, right? When a you minus statement like that. <laughs> a little minus thing. No, but I, here's the worst thing: is well, a fucking hasn't Mick just been sitting on that? Because mm. Mick could have said that at any stage since he's been gone. But mm. Malthouse, in typical fucking Malthouse style, has locked that one up yeah. <laughs> for a day where Collingwood are at their absolute on fucking their lowest, and then he can drop that bomb in. Did kind of lose some of the effect with what happened at Carlton. Yeah. Like if he just not coached again after that, this this be would legend. be his be great legend. legend that he would yeah. have he could have taken them to five imaginary premierships, you know, yeah. and like been living on this, you know. Like, yeah, I won. Okay, yeah, I only won like four, yeah, but I won five imaginary ones. Yeah. Like he, but the Carlton thing has kind of ruined his legacy a bit. But I um, I think the thing with. Uh, Malthouse dropping it this week was he just waited until it was like the lowest point. And then, but the worst thing about it is I I, I don't know that he's actually wrong. Like that team, when they won, I remember us all expecting that, well, this is going to be a team that's going to be around here for the next two, three years. Because they were a young list and they, Mm. you know, they looked like they had, you know. So did he, who coached 2011 when they lost to Geelong? Was that, was Buckley in by then or was that Mix? Did nah. Mick have to leave after 2010? I think, no, that, that must have been Mick's last, is that Mick's last year? So, he won a premiership and then moved him on? Mm. Should yeah. we check that? Yeah, let's check, let's check when Mick, uh, left when Buck, yeah, or when Buckley started coaching. Okay, so I found the answer, it was, he took over in 2012, so okay. after they lost yeah. to Geelong. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So Mick, uh, Mick could have created the fantasy, but he had lost a grand final. Yeah, but losing a grand final's fine. Buckley hasn't... Like, every year that Buckley's been in charge, they've got worse and worse. Yeah. Like, it was one of those things where they asked Buckley during the week, they were like, do you think you're a good coach? And he goes, well, I think I'm a good coach, but... This team's shit. (laughs) Well, his record doesn't say he's a good coach. Yeah. And eventually you're like, well, part of being a good coach is winning games. Yeah. And it's, you know, you can be, yeah, it's, I, like, I mean, I don't they know. They've lost a few players as well, like Beams and, uh, uh, who's the dude who went to West Coast, the halfback guy, what's his name, you know? Goldsack? Hipster. Hipster man. No, not Goldsack. Hipster, sure. No, Wellingham. Uh, Wellingham. Wellingham. Yeah, I always, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I always know he's got a ponytail and a wispy beard now. Yeah. I mean, they've lost I think some, he's a, I think he's a barista. They've lost some people, but they got Trelaw and then, yeah. you know what? But Aish hasn't been that great. Uh, but here's the thing. We kept hearing that Aish was great from everyone except for people who watch Aish play football. <laughs> like, never has a man like been sold so much on potential than Aish. Now, he may well turn out to be a very good footballer at some stage, but the way he was being talked about, like he was going to come down and... Hang on, are you talking about the guy who's playing in the fucking Brisbane Lions twos? Mm. He's going to come down but and solve your problems? he's a draft pick, wasn't he? Yeah, but you know what? Lots of people... Fucking Richard Tambling was a top draft yeah. pick. There you go. Oh, Sorry, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the drive-by, oh, Richard. We've managed to do eight episodes. 
without you bringing that up. That's not fair. Come on. Poor Richard. But you know what I mean? Like, there's eventually a point where being a top 10 draft pick, like Tyrone Vickery is a top 10 draft pick, but Tyrone Vickery, we've got to admit now, is only ever going to be a good enough player, you know? Which takes us neatly into uh, Uh, the first first, game. First game. Hey, here's an interesting thing. Speaking of Tyrone, because the Hawks did what we all imagined the Hawks would do against the Tigers. But But it was... First three quarters. Is... Tigers were better. Yeah. I mean, I think if you were a Tigers fan, you'd be like, oh, well, at least they had a crack. Yeah. You know? Um, the, the weird thing was, though, early on when Tyrone was on fire and kicked those two goals in a row, mm. and then Hardwick benched him for 10 minutes. Yeah. But it, it, I, I saw a video on AFL.com, which is they're interviewing Tyrone, who's become a part owner of a pizza restaurant, or maybe he owns a pizza restaurant. Part, There's, probably. <laughs> I don't know if Tyrone's got a whole ownership coin. The first, the first uh, thing I'd say about it is he does not speak like I thought he would speak. He's actually quite charming and friendly and really articulate and stuff. He's okay. not from seeing him as a player. You, I didn't expect him to be like that. No. Um, but then the second thing is when he had to explain, you know, because they said, you know, because this vision of Brett Delidio comes off straight after Tyrone is like, what the fuck are you doing off? Like we're on fire. You should get back out there. But the explanation is because they kept the rotations now and you don't know when that person... You, you can't do like the two-minute two spells or whatever, so they stick to their prearranged rotations. Yeah, I understand that. No, I agree with you. But it doesn't like, make any sense. It makes no change sense. Change the plan for the end of, just at the end of the quarter. Just You can't tell me if you're like a defender, who, no matter how good you are, whether it was Josh Gibson or whether it was McDonald uh, or it was Frawley or whoever it was who was, meant, who was down there. Was Frawley playing? He was remember. not playing, was it? Uh, but anyway, whoever it was down there, and a guy gets hot for a second like Vickery, mm. kicks a couple of goals on you, that suddenly you're not shitting Nervous. yourself. Nervous, yeah, yeah, yeah. That 100%. suddenly you're not like just worried. And that, yeah, because you're like, oh my God, Tyron Vickery's just kicked two goals on me. Is this the day? <laughs> is this the day it happens? Oh, don't make me vickery Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, the only thing worse is being casbolted. <laughs> so, so uh, like, and then if it didn't go off for 10 minutes... Like, I mean, it's one of those things where you're just like, I reckon with a forward, I get the whole idea of rotations and I get if Richmond had Dustin Martin sitting on their bench or something needing to come back on or anything like that. Yeah. But you've got Vickery on fire with a bit of confidence and we all know he's a confidence. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the way he plays his football. And then he came back and he didn't get a touch for the rest of the game. Yeah. Like, how how important are your rotations if they're, like, fucking up your game like that? Yeah. Do you think Richmond have to... I mean, do Richmond have to win games now? Like, how are they going to... Where are our expectations of them now? Like, is it better to see them playing kids and just putting up good efforts like that but losing, or do they still have to win games? Well, I mean, I think this is where you get caught between your two competing objectives, which is, will the Richmond members put up with a season of them not winning? And the evidence so far is no. No. Because they have like over 70,000 members and none of them are turning up to games. Mm. So I would have thought that part of you, like, you know, as a football club, you know, to keep that big membership and have that big business needs to be winning football games. But realistically, I mean, if you're Frio or if you're Richmond or whatever, don't you really want to finish like with draft pick, with draft picks, with high draft picks? Like, that's the quickest way to rebuild is have some high draft picks either to trade or to be able to. Mm. I mean, this is the thing, because this is the first year that you've been able to sell the future draft picks. Yeah. Right? And so, like, last year, GWS, like, uh, Cam McCarthy, they, they offered him this year, uh, like, a first, 
a first round draft pick, which at the time GWS like fuck that shit because that was like going to be pick twenty two or whatever. Yeah. Whereas now that that might be pick <laughs> one. one. <laughs> <laughs> like that's what the kind of future drafting sort of thing. Yeah. And the same with Collingwood, you know where they are. I think with the Trelaw thing, I think they gave a a first round pick, which at the time probably wasn't going to be that. Like you know, but yeah. now for Brisbane might be a really yeah no GWS, uh, for, uh, GWS yeah, sorry yeah. might be a really high draft pick you know so yeah. that, that that's the interesting thing about that you know kind of new speculative future draft pick system yeah but, I think uh, if I was a Richmond fan I would write the year off and just say let's not finish ninth let's you know <laughs> let's get in the in the bottom in the bottom four <laughs> bottom six bottom four and just get like a first round or first round draft top ten draft pick. Because that way, like you said, you can on trade it and get maybe two hundred gamers from somewhere else. If you want to, if you think you can speed up your rebuild, you don't, you know, want to go through the development of a young player. But there's nothing to be achieved by barnstorming at the end of the year. But as we always say, they're Richmond. They're Richmond. It could still happen. Yeah. The more we write them off, the more we give them power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's hard. That's why Hardwick took Vickery off. Yeah, yeah. He knows that they haven't hit rock bottom yet. <laughs> Maybe that's what Richmond are like. They're like an alcoholic, and to play well, they've got to hit their rock bottom. Wow. And it's- so you've got to get them there as soon as possible. And he was like, Vickery's kicked two in a row. Get him off and get him on the bench for 10 minutes. Yeah. I, re- I mean, I reckon they're a sneaky chance this week against the Swans at the MCG. Something about it seems so improbable. I'm like, this is the one that they'll win. That will not happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, speaking of rebuilding, uh, yeah. the, good news for the competition this week. Alistair Clarkson uh, revealed that the Hawks are in a rebuild. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> Been down too long. They've they've played like 10 or 11, like, you know, the new players this season. And they're like pretty much the second most new players in the entire league. And they're, they're in the middle of a rebuild. Yeah, great. That is like the person <laughs> who has the best house in your street going, are you rebuilding? Are you, we rebuilding too? No, you're not. You're, you're adding an extra story. <laughs> yeah, That's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rebuild. Shut the fuck up. You're not rebuilding. <laughs> it's kind of like that friend of yours who, you know, when you come to them with a problem, they always have a worse problem than you. So, like, Ross Lyons went on the phone to Alistair Clarkson saying, oh, yeah, we're in a rebuild. Oh, no, 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 we're in, a, oh, we're in a rebuild. My rebuild's real bad, real bad. Oh, I have to bring in 12 players, mate. Mate, yeah, that, well, Alistair, yeah, Alistair Clarkson, no, he's more like, he's like, yeah, we're doing a rebuild. I mean, we're putting it in an infinity pool. But it's a rebuild, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> uh, but I did, uh, Brian Lake revealed something interesting. Uh, about where, where the bodies are. <laughs> yeah, no, not yet, but at some stage. No, Brian Lake revealed something I thought was really interesting about yeah the level to which the Hawks prepare. Did you see that he, um, uh, the Hawthorne, when they travel to hotels, they remove the hotel buffet breakfast? Oh, yeah, to limit the choices. Because yeah. he said you don't want to think about you know, you just want to stick to your routines and stuff. Right. That's insane. I thought that was very interesting. You don't want to sit down there trying to work out how one of those fucking toasters makes toast. <laughs> it's like, why is Lake not playing well today? Took eight minutes to make a crumpet. Burnt three. Really had a shocker. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Smelt burnt toast. I thought did, he was having a stroke. I did, so did, are you saying that they removed the buffet? I thought he just said they don't go to the buffet. Oh, I got... Oh, well, it may... It be no, fun. I got the impression that they were like, you know, they went, you know, so if you're in a hotel, you don't, you know... I don't know. Maybe they don't remove the buffet. Because what about the other guests? That I don't know. Just fucking Sorry, Hawthorne's down. Hawthorne's saying yeah. he got us. Brian, Brian Lake can't think more than two things at once. 
Was that also the episode where Robbo hit uh, Brian Lake in the face with a t-shirt? Oh, Did you see that? Mate, Robbo, what is going on with Robbo? Oh, oh so you saw Robbo and G- Gerard, yeah, Gerard, uh, Gerard, Gerard Wheatley. Um, I had to Wheatley. I had to look. He's for, Wheatley, not Wheatley. Wheatley, yeah, Wheatley. Jared Wheatley. Jared Wheatley. Um, I was on, oh yeah, because I, I was on the red carpet and I heard a familiar mumbling behind. <laughs> like, like, hang on, is someone like trying a, to like, someone trying to send a fax or yeah, like, start a really small motorbike? Yeah, like a like a borderline savant kind of mumbling. You know oh yeah, I mean? uh, is David Health got here? <laughs> Playing the piano, so I turned around and they're right behind me. And so I just said, "Look, you know, um, I'm a huge fan of the show. Can I grab a photo?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Obviously, no idea who I am. And as we're going down the red carpet, because the way it goes with the logies, you get funneled down the red carpet where you sort of you know see all the fans, and then you get to the press wall, which is quite long, and you're meant to walk your way down the press wall so all the different news organisations can get their photos. Yeah, but. They only really want photographs of the really famous people right. and the girls in their dresses. So me, followed by Jared and Robbo, how much attention do you think we got on the photo board? No teenage girls yelling out for the AFL 360 guys? No. Nobody wanted Robbo's autograph? So as we shuffled down, you know, from one spot to the next spot, you know, and just had photographers ignore us or just like look down at their cameras, I just hear Robbo going, oh, jeez. All right, hurry up. Let's get let's get going. All right, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Nah, this seat cost me twelve bucks. Yeah, all right, all right, mate. Like it was fantastic. It was like my own little AFL three hundred and sixty podcast for the length of the of the press wall. I mean that. Yeah, that would have been the exciting thing about it. Yeah. Like, how did you get in with the two of those though? Go. So how did you just I happen did, to everyone just funnels in get in an AFL three hundred and sixty sandwich? Yeah. Well, I was between the um the catering show girls and AFL three hundred and sixty. So. Right. <laughs> You know, it was a very the diverse... Sweet, the sweet showbiz spot. They're talking about the diversity yeah. of the Logies this year. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you have a web series, a soap star, and two guys from uh, AFL 360. I mean, that's the industry in a nutshell, just there. Yeah. Uh, so that that was the first game of uh, the around, um, yeah. the Hawks and the Tigers. Uh, now, this was the one where I, you know, I've got to stop picking Collingwood. Mm. But who would have thought that the Blues... Three in a row. Well, you know what it is. Da, 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 da. <laughs> da, 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 da. Do you know what it is? Uh, it's uh, Mick Malthouse's dynasty he left behind. It's starting to... He left one at Carlton as well. And this is the start of the dynasty. Three in a row. Yeah. I mean, this is... It's... Uh, and here's the thing. Like, I think they The first two were so hilarious. Yeah. Like, it was kind of like... Oh, you know... You didn't. You weren't worried that Carlton had won or whatever. It's just like that was such a funny game. There's so many mistakes. You know, the Casbolt was in full effect. But now it's like, oh, hang on. You know, has the has the village idiot started to kind of gain some steam? Have we been ignoring Carlton? Right. Are they actually better than we thought? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced at this stage. I think they played some pretty terrible teams. And look, I mean, good on them. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, you'd be wrapped if you're a Carlton fan and I think they're having a much, they've definitely got a much better system and they're all definitely having a crack. And, you know, you do get reminded that they have some really decent, you know, skillful footballers playing in that football Well, so- sometimes the fixture is your friend. And I think what that's what's happened with Gold Coast is they had a really good fixture at the start of the year. They won 3-0. We're all like, oh, you know, yeah. maybe Gold Coast is this coming is back. Year. No. No. Friendly fixture. Yeah, I, I think Carlton certainly have had that so far. But and uh, I, what's his face? That Weederings hurt his shoulder, so yeah. that's that's not great news for them. But how long is he out for? Though it's not long, right? Oh, uh, it's one of those things, though. I think with with those shoulders, where it's the same thing that Tom Boyd has, right? Where you have to kind of manage it a bit, and it's how much they can play through the and pain. He's eighteen years and old, and he's eighteen, and he's yeah. your absolute gun. Yeah, why would you? 
Yeah. I mean, but, but I did hear Bolton talk this week about how he also, they know he's going to be a great player and the best way to get someone to be a great player is for them to be playing football. Yeah. So I think they will be playing him, but... Bryce Gibbs is playing well. Yeah. Bryce I've always Gibbs. been a bit... I've always been iffy on Bryce Squibbs. Uh, Squibbs. Uh, Bryce, Bryce Squibbs. Gibbs, <laughs> Bryce Squibbs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I assume Bryce Squibbs has been yelled at him a few times <laughs> because I think there is a... He's like one of those guys that you do get the impression sometimes... Bruce that, Free footballer? Yeah, correct. But... You know what? There's a role for Bruce Fee. The problem is that, you know, since Judd's not been there, you know, mm. they haven't had a lot of guys getting it out to him. And I actually don't know that he is Bruce Free. No, I, I think he has a crack. But yeah, he just big, looks so silky but, skilled. But, that, uh, but he's, he's big bodied. Right. So, like, I, he, the reason he doesn't get, you know, you don't see him in packs is because it's hard to tackle him and right. he can just get out of traffic. Like, you know. I mean, I don't think the man bun is doing him any favours. No. In, like, Probably the nightclubs does him some great favours. Oh, speaking of haircuts, by the way, yeah. man, watching Fremantle play GWS, like, the amount of, like, conditioning products, <laughs> like, that must be used. They're, after playing for go- the, they're playing for the Weller Cup. I mean, you know, I honestly turned it on and I thought it was the women's game. <laughs> there were so many... Flowing new, locks. Flowing locks and, like, buns and, you know, plaits and whatever. Like, headbands. <laughs> Like, it really was like, you could imagine them at halftime brushing each other's hair. Yeah. Is this an AFL game or Woodstock? Hey, Dad, it's my first game. Can you give me a plat so that it doesn't get in my eyes? Like, just, I mean, Callan Ward is the best because he's the hardest, like, one of the hardest players in the AFL. But also, but he's in the BGs. From, but from behind, <laughs> if you, like, saw him on the red carpet, you'd be like, who's that beautiful woman? <laughs> like, his hair is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, Eddie Maguire suggested this week out of that game that he... Might be done. Might be done. Now, uh, never had his Eddie said something that he meant less than that, but... You reckon? Yeah, he's... I mean, Eddie Eddie jokes on his radio show all the time because Caroline Wilson said that uh, Eddie needs a succession plan (laughs) and Eddie said that he has one. Uh, His son's Joe and Alexander. (laughs) So, no, I mean, I think that Eddie Maguire... It's one of those things... Here's the thing. If you're if you're a Collingwood fan... He's Would been there... hate to be the next president after Eddie Maguire. I mean, you'd have to be a very different president, I think. Yeah, but you'd also have to not consume any media at all because Ed's everywhere. And the minute things are going wrong with your club, who do you think they're going to go to for a quote? Well, I mean, they won't You thought Jeff to. Kennett was bad. Yeah, I mean, Je- Eddie's got his own radio show. Part of the reason I think that he gets in so much trouble these days is he gets on his radio show and he can't help but say the things that he wants to say. Mm. So... He's been there for 18 years, which is a very long time. God, that's gone quick. Yeah. Feels like he, yeah, just... And he's done a great job. Yeah. But if you were a Collingwood fan, what would you think now? Would you think it is time for Eddie to go, or would you be happy that Eddie's still in charge of your club? I'm always unclear on the presidents and what exactly their job is, and it feels like at some clubs, some presidents are more involved than others. Like, we have a president who just... Net, like just keeps so quiet and you know does not does not seem to influence the club like an Eddie Maguire or like a Jeff Kennett did so I don't know I mean it's hard to tell like is it chicken or the egg Collingwood were a huge team they got a huge media personality has one less than the other has one boosted the other I don't know I mean when he came in when an unmovable force meets a Eddie Maguire <laughs> it, when he came in they were in a lot of trouble right and financially and all those sort of things and now they are again like, 
every no doubt, apart from on the field, the biggest sporting club in Australia still. Yeah. Uh, the things that they do off the field, you know, the amount of money they have, the way that he's built, like, you know, the Holden Centre and all that sort of stuff. Like, I think, and the way that he loves the club and the history of the club and fights for the club. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think you would have anyone. Like, all this shit he gets in trouble with, like, when he goes up against the, you know, the Sydney stuff or the... It's all for Collingwood. Yeah. But... Does there just become a point where you need fresh blood or you need new ideas or whatever? Or is Eddie well, maybe. Or is Eddie the most likely to, like, in 30 years, still be there as president of Collingwood, do you think? Because he's... Cause it's, the it's the co- one thing you know, know is, is he has passion. To, to he gives a, a shit. To use a footy metaphor, is he holding back the development of their next best president? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, it is a thing. Right. Like, he has delivered a lot and, you know, he's been an amazing president and stuff, but... Maybe if you believe his connection down to the playing group is uh, is that is strong enough, then maybe there is an element of them being affected by him being around, and maybe getting a new president, just that change of environment, maybe that will change the team. Maybe well. they need a presidential draft. <laughs> so at the end of the season, like say for example, if Collingwood did have someone they thought wasn't as good as Eddie, but at another club would be a gun president. Yeah. You could offload them, you know, maybe... Trade, trade period. Trade. Presidents get traded. Yeah, we've traded president yeah. uh, for two fourth-round draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Bring him into the mix. All right. Uh, so, uh, next game of the round was uh, the Cats. Uh, the Cats uh, did their thing down Proved at the Cattery. That, uh, the Flat Track Bullies, they've taken the title from... Um, Port Adelaide of the Eagles. Well, interestingly enough, uh, Brad Hardy in an article this week, uh, the headline was West Coast Eagles flat track bullies. Yeah. Because they are. I mean, that Subiaco, uh, where I was doing my shows last week, not at the ground, but down the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I... I was trying to work out what they miss. What is it? So, I mean, obviously, it's a long way for people to travel if you're from Western Australia. It's, but you can't, mean, you can't pack your hair crimpers. I think your, that's what it is. Carry on luggage. Do you think that's what it is? Yeah, yeah. I mean, also that air, get a good perm that air conditioning on the plane is really going to take the bounce out of your hair. I would have thought. I think it's just the travel. I mean, it must be fucking hard to leave sunny, beautiful Perth and you know go all, uh, and half the year be go traveling. to Geelong. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it would it affect me. I think that's basically what it is. I mean, just uh, other teams just... Maybe, you know, I couldn't imagine a Ross Lyon... If Ross Lyon was coaching the Eagles, they would travel better because I think he demands that, you know. Right. He demands anytime, anywhere, role yeah. players, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. I just think that it's hard to win on the road. I mean, when you used to play yourself, did you find playing away added, you know, it was harder to win? Mate, you know what? I'm a stand-up comedian and I work on the road yeah. and so fucking suck it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I can't be like, you know, Anderson, he's good in Sydney, but oh, you don't want to see him in Perth. Yeah. But it is... Really can't get those jokes going when the pre doctor, com- doctor comes in. What else, what else would it be? Why wouldn't they travel? I mean, it must be psychological. Maybe it's because they can't bring fruit back in. <laughs> is it one of those? Like, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I don't. I don't know what the answer is, but they'd be looking for the answers because West Coast are in trouble if they can't win away from I mean, home because the but grand see, finals. But away Victorian from teams home. aren't subject to the same scrutiny because you know you play a lot of games in Melbourne. Yeah. But St Kilda probably haven't. I can't think of the last time we won state. I know last year we went up on the Gold Coast, but we probably haven't won in in Western Australia for four or five years. I wouldn't say. I mean, it's a hard trip over there as well. Yeah. And they're doing it half the year. Mm. Look, I agree. 
they should be able to win. And like I said, you know, last year Frio proved that they could do that. And previous West Coast teams have been able to win. But it's obviously a thing if they just feel comfortable. Okay, here's the question. Geelong. Uh, not convinced. Not convinced? I, I feel about Geelong the way you felt about North Melbourne uh-huh. at the start of the year. I think that they've they've beaten some good teams. Apart from that Hawthorne win, though, you know, there haven't, hasn't been any real big challenges, has it? Right, but, they, well, I mean... I mean, if they had beaten West Coast in Subiaco, I'd yeah. be like, okay. Yeah, but they beat them both... A hundred... A lot of points. points. <laughs> a lot of points. Yeah. They beat them by, like, 45 points or 44 points or something. Yeah. Like, they smashed them. And, like, oh, God, how much is Selwood loving having Dangerfield there? Yeah, like Selwood, he'll win the Brownlow. Selwood might finally win the Brownlow that he actually deserves yeah. because Dangerfield's there. Yeah. I mean, it does show. And I, I thought that it, we'll get to the Bulldogs game, but, like, Rory Sloan, who's, like, a, a gun player, but th- he got bashed up a bit by the Bulldogs midfield. Mm. And you were like, oh, yeah, this is where you miss having another guy as well, yeah. you know, that can take that heat off. Um yeah, I don't know. Like, it's hard with Geelong, isn't it? Because they just go about their own business. Geelong and Sydney Swans are a bit the same in that way. Yeah, Whereas actually, they just true. like But I feel more convinced about the Swans for some reason, and I don't have any fucking data to back that up. I'm no. Not, it's just a vibe. Well, if you did, you'd be kicked off this podcast. <laughs> like going, that, that's shit for David King. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And his statistics. In the war room. In the war room, mate. Yeah, Keep yeah, that yeah. shit for the war room. <laughs> don't bring it in here. <laughs> We're in on, on the armchairs. We don't bring that statistical evidence in. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I I didn't see this game, so I, you know. I mean, I could see Geelong but... finishing top four, but yeah, there's I reckon. something I don't know. I don't because they're even... pretty unbeatable down at skilled stadium as well, which yeah. is you know speaking of home ground advantage. So who beat them? So maybe beat is, them. G- so do you G- think that GWS beat them, didn't they? And beat them quite well. Yeah. At home. Do you think that home ground advantage is? Like, because the travel is obviously a thing. Mm. But Geelong, I mean, you can't say that, you know, I mean, the travel down the road from Melbourne, like, it's not like that takes it out of you. No. So, is it the home ground advantage that is is more important? Like, as in that you just know the ground, or is it the crowd? What is the... For, for something, well, depends. I'd say for, like, Geelong, it's uh, it's the crowd, because you are away from Melbourne, you're going to get predominantly your supporters there. Right. But for Eddie Had, like North Melbourne and St Kilda play Eddie Had really well. And I heard um, Alan Richardson talking about, you know, playing on a fast deck, being able to use, you know, go wide, but then use the corridor when you need to. And that's something specific to Eddie Had. So I think knowing the ground really well, playing her all the time is an advantage. But I'd say that that's St Kilda's advantage is the ground as opposed to the crowd. But for Geelong, it's the crowd. I don't think... I don't think their knowledge of the ground would, you know, necessarily give them. That. Chris Judd said on uh, Footy Classified or whatever he was on this week that um, uh, when you're travelling, that the silence is your uh, friend. Right. And so he said, oh, what yeah. you want to do is you Quiet want to silence the crowd. the crowd. And he goes, so you always want to start with the strong. Yeah. And he told that story again, which I always love about the first time he played West Coast Eagles because I asked him about Dangerfield playing against Adelaide. And they said, what's it like the first time? And he said, the guys were all getting into him and they were attacking his shoulder. And he goes, yeah, well, it's, it, yeah, it's sore from carrying you guys for the last <laughs> five years. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they actually said that... Uh, uh, Subiaco and the Cattery, the dimensions are almost exactly the same. Right. So, so it's think, not the size of the ground. No, you couldn't say that the Eagles were flummoxed by the dimensions. It was it was definitely the crowd and the fact that, you know, there was no cool uh, beachside cafes. They could only get a subway <laughs> after the game. Uh, all right. Um, 
Speaking of uh, teams that could win the flag, uh, Sydney did yeah. it again. I remember they're playing Essendon, but 135 to 54. So that was the sort of win that we were all expecting. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Franklin could kick 100. Yeah. Like there's a small chance. So you know, like, it's a bit of a long... four a game or just a bit over four a yeah, game? Yeah, a bit over four a game. So, I mean, he has to... Play finals. He has to play finals, but they're going to play finals. Oh, when and geez, he's been consistent this year. Like, I mean, that's the thing about him. Like, sometimes in a year where you've got that many goals, you've got, like, a big bag and then a yeah. couple of... But I don't think he's kicked... No, he, I don't think... No, less than four a game? Bag. Or, like, he kicked maybe three in one game, but he's, like, yeah. four, five, six. He got six in this and Heaney that's got five. isn't it? I wonder... Because normally when you think about someone... I imagine when he last kicked 100, there was probably a couple of games where he kicked bags of yeah. eight and six and whatever, and then games where he dropped down to two. But right. I wonder... You know, if he'll be one of the first players to just do it through a consistent output. If you could pencil Buddy in for four or five goals every week, and then Haney will kick four or five. So, yeah. I mean, I know somebody said, "Can you talk about more about the Swans and not just about uh, Heaney and Buddy? Buddy's body?" And I was like, "Well, how? What are we talk about Luke Parker as well? Yeah, but and like, Teddy Richards. But also, you know what? How can you not talk about him? Yeah, like they are watching those two together." Like, play in the forward line. Mm. It's like a buddy movie. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things... <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> pun in- <laughs> it's a buddy movie. Yeah. Asterisk. Pun intended. <laughs> Colin. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... It's crazy. It's so... If you were a fan of the Sydney Swans, this just must be a great time going to the footy at the oh, moment. Oh, yeah. Because- they're, they're for, I mean, they have... They've, they've been so good for so long now, the Swans, when you think about it. Like, 2005, I mean, look where what West Coast had to do to come yeah. back up again. Sydney never had that dip. And even now there's questions over West Coast, and they played in a grand final last year. Whereas everyone with Sydney's like, oh, yeah. Like, if they won the premiership, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's not like a barrack for a team like that, Will. A team that just, Oh, yeah, they won a flag. A team like that, Hawthorne or Sydney. Yeah. Or, just any year could. Yeah. Just about Geelong, every... Yeah, like, they'll just win one every now and again. Because they're that good a team. I can't... I can't imagine what I mean, and their like. midfield is, again, it's just supreme. Like, you look at the standard of runners and hard runners that they've got going through there. Yeah. If you're an Essendon fan now, now that we're getting a more realistic look at how your season's going to go, mm. how are you feeling? Here's some good news for Essendon. I think this week they've had a couple, a couple more... Signing, sign, yeah, and I, I heard Myers. that Myers, and I heard that Heppel is close. Or <laughs> once he gets his million dollar fucking compensation, right? Out. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, but I think that I think they're going to go close to getting most of the players back, yeah. which I think is probably good. Um, I just with all the how news, do you feel about this season if you're an Essendon fan now? Exhausted, I reckon. Yeah, already, right? Exhausted. There's a couple of times because there's no. There's you forget a, this about footy. But there's a couple of teams already where you're just like, oh, can we just oh, fuck it up? And normally that's our teams. Yeah. And it's nice that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but just the, just the idea, you know, all the what's come out with um, the payout figures that Essendon could be facing, and they're talking upwards of like $30 million yeah. in terms of legal fees and fines and stuff. I mean, what? It, so even if you get all your players back next year, like that's fucking a huge burden. I, it's not compar- comparable, but... After St Kilda lost that second grand final, the place was deflated. Like, you could just tell that the players and the staff, everyone was just kind of exhausted right. because it had been so much attention and we had the, you know, the schoolgirl thing happen and all that shit go down and the Mick Malthouse, Stephen Milne thing. And like, all, it, just, it just becomes about anything but football. And then all this pressure sort of just heaps and heaps in the club. And that's when you kind of... 
That's I'm sort of surprised that a lot of the players are coming back because I would have thought, I think one of the best things to happen for our club and for the players involved was to move on Del Santo, move on Goddard, move on McAvoy, delist a whole bunch of kind of premier, uh, grand final players because there's just too much history. Well, you also you got to get rid of some guys sometimes. Mm. Like, I mean, I think at the Bulldogs, like I said, you know, like when... I mean, to a certain extent, even when Lake went, but certainly when Cooney went and when Griffin went and those sort of things, it was important for those guys to move out. Higgins, too, which, ah, fuck, I saw he did his... Yeah, 12 weeks. 12 weeks. But, you know, those guys who have had those sort of histories or whatever, get them out so you can get these new players in. Mm. I mean, I can see with Essendon, there might have been some fans who were like, nah, let's offload some of these guys. Yeah. Maybe we do need to get a whole bunch well, of new people Well, it's kind of a in. double-edged sword, isn't it? Because on one hand you want to give the image of stability and it's a, still a right. destination club and stuff and that's not going to happen if everyone walks. But on the other hand, are you just hanging on to damaged players, psychologically damaged players? Yeah, it's uh, it's, I don't it's think hard. It's There's a no great, easy answer. No that. easy answer. But, you know, who knows? They, if, 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 if they get the right, if the combination right next year, and John Worsfold's a good coach, he won't be dumb in the draft period or the trade period. Like, you know, it could be two or three years. It's just, it's going to be a tough couple of years, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, but I think the one thing we can all agree on is that, you know, for those, you know, 10 or 12 wins they had early on when they were on the program, it, all this has been worth yeah. it. I mean, I feel <laughs> like, you know, when they were flying before everyone did their hamstring, like, I feel like it was really, this has all been worth it, I would have thought, just yeah. for how good they felt in those few games. What a nightmare. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on from that. Sorry, Essendon fans, not much good news. A um, few new cult figures. I can't pronounce the guy's name, but the indigenous... I think he's indigenous. No, don't I don't know. Me don't, I don't know either, yeah. but uh, I will work it out for next week. But I've noticed that uh, I like when there's a new cult figure and a few things like that. And James yeah. Kelly's been playing pretty well. Like, he's one of those guys who definitely, you know... You, you could play again next season, probably. You yeah, know, so there's 100%. been a few good results. Yeah. So, you know. Um, all right. Uh, the Demons. Oh, this is where some shit start, start, I started to get real. Because I last week, I just did not know whether the Suns or the Demons were going to win this game. I was like, well, it's up, <laughs> it's up there. Can they both lose? Is that possible? Yeah. No, but I was up there and I was like, no, the Suns... I still, you know, I'm still not sure I, they're I, terrible. I, I think I, I back the Suns. You know, at home, like maybe they could do it. But Melbourne, Melbourne did what needed to get done. Oh, pff. are you kidding me? They absolutely they demolished them. They smashed them. That was insane. That was, I mean, Melbourne needed to do that. But now this week becomes important again for Melbourne. Right. Well, but here's the thing about Gold Coast that was interesting to me was, did you see the Ablett thing mm. after the game? Yeah. Like where the fans were like... They have fans. I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie. Not that he was yelling. I didn't realise that anyone gave that much a shit about the Gold Coast, yeah. that they would get that mad. I, I mean, I, if I was at the Gold Coast Suns, I would see that as a really positive sign. Yeah. I'd find that guy and see if you could get some other guys with that amount of passion. Mm. I did love Ablett. Classic. He was like, with his children around. Yeah. Come on, come on, yeah. There's children around. Did you see, yeah, because Lee Matthews came out and yeah. said he's, ne he's never thought there's been room for two teams no. in Queensland and they should merge. And then did you see the Suns response? Mate. The best, the most the, honest press conference their, I've ever seen. Uh, Tony Cochran is the name of the Gold Coast chief and he is my new favourite <laughs> AFL chief. If people have not seen this press conference, <laughs> it brilliant. is fucking gold. <laughs> like, every minute of it is gold. Like, he's just doing, well, opinions are like arseholes, everyone's gone. <laughs> I know, I can't believe <laughs> Next. he went with that. <laughs> 
So like, perfect for the we gold. Should, we perfect should, for the Gold Coast, right. right? We should put a toll on the road and charge them to come down here to see the place. Next, like crazy. It was the best. The Donald Trump. Oh, AFL presidents. Oh, watching people come from the front, but I didn't think I'd get knife from the back. Come on, we're in this together. Next, crazy. The best. <laughs> I love, in my humble opinion, and oh, it's not very humble if you ask me next, next, I'm crazy. The best. Oh, man. It couldn't have gone better if they dug up Big Kev and brought him back to life and put him in charge. No, I'm I'm on board the son's story now. Mm. He was, that was one of the most entertaining press conferences. Does Lethal have a point? He's always got a point. Oh, mate, when does he not have a point? Yeah. And, uh, two things. I think that um, it's interesting that in the NRL, this massive like competition has so many teams out of Sydney and has one out of Brisbane and has one out of North Queensland, you know? Like, one out it, of Melbourne. No, but as in like oh, in yeah. Queensland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the idea of there being a bunch of room there for sporting teams, like you'd think there'd be at least two Brisbane teams, you know, mm. considering how strong NRL is up there. But I do think... Teams that have gone to the Gold... It's the fucking Bermuda Triangle of sporting teams. Mm. Like, the history of, like, sporting teams that have gone there and not succeeded. Like, it has sucked away so much money to the Gold Coast. And... Hmm, isn't that strange? (laughs) Money goes missing on the Gold Coast? I mean, is it just... It's a... There's too much distraction? Yes. Is it just that it's one of those places that you go to? It's not a real place, Will. The Gold Coast is not real. It's why they don't have a team out of Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But do you think that's what it is? Is there... Because there's a lot of people there, and there's a lot of ex-Victorians, and the theory has always been that if you could actually ever win the Gold Coast, then, you know, it's kind of the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I mean, I've got friends who live in the Gold Coast who were all very excited about the Suns arriving and stuff. Some of them were ex-Melburnians, but others were just like Queensland natives who just love, you know, entertainment and stuff. I'm I'm surprised. So maybe it is. Maybe fucking when you got, uh, you got a weekend free and you're like Dreamworld or uh, <laughs> go watch the Suns play. Is it the difference between uh, the players? Is it the difference between even the attitudes in the teams? Like the Giants, you know, GWS called themselves the Giants. We are yeah. going to be Giants. And the Gold Coast were like, we've got sun. <laughs> <laughs> Suns and cocktails. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think that it's just been they've been mismanaged in terms of you saw that statistic about you know the all the uh, uh, the players they got in that traded in at first and yeah. how many of them are still left. Um, and then uh, they've been picks. decimated by injuries. Yeah, like yeah, I mean, look- if you had yeah, you know, I've said it before, but Omega, uh, Omira, and Swallow playing, they are two. You know, guys who are as good as any of those young guns in the competition, and there's been a bunch of others that have had for various mm. reasons, various you, Gold Coast reasons. But you, but you don't lose that big at home if you're a good side. Like that's that's the sons of five years ago. Yeah, and they've got uh, yeah the best young forward in the competition. I, like mm. I mean, I think he's even better than yeah. Cameron at the moment, or even Hogan. Like he just because he's the only one that week to week just is like. I'm just going to ignore all this nonsense and keep kicking goals. But do you think it's maybe a thing of, if you look at GWS by comparison, they brought in a lot of senior players with finals premiership experience, like um, le- uh, standards of excellence, yeah. whereas the Suns didn't draft in those. They brought, drafted in good players, but a lot of them you know, were coming from sort of low-ranked teams anyway. And you know what? The, I mean, the Ablett thing is the most interesting, of course, and it always will be, because there's two ways you could look at it. 
One of them is that he is like not the kind of leader leader that you maybe want for an establishment club like that. Um, you know, Callum Ward's obviously a very different style leader at GWS. Nowhere near as high profile or as glamorous, but probably a different sort of mm. seems to be, you know, an inspirer and a leader and one yeah. of the sort of like guys. Um, Ablett, you know, has always been Ablett, but they can't win without him. So there's another part of me that's like, well, how shit would they have been if they didn't have Gary here this whole time fucking lifting? Like, the fact that they're pointing the finger at him, he's averaging 27 possessions at the moment, which is the lowest he has in, like, you know, and everyone's angry at him. Yeah. Like, the honesty session was directed at fucking Gary Ablett. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Here's what the honesty session should be. If he's not there, you guys are fucking hopeless. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know he's not playing as well as he was, and he does seem to be protecting his body and whatever, but, like... He's still a gun. And also, but compared to everyone else who's in that fucking team, how dare you point the fucking finger at him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, but have a Eurofin, Gary. That's uh, so saying. what do you reckon about the Demons? Paul Roos came out and said, we're a good side. Win uh, three in a row? I mean, this, is, this has always been their bogey, three in a row. Yeah. So they've won one. We'll get one. Who have we got this, this Bulldogs. week? Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Yeah. They're not going to win this one. Uh, I would like to think the Bulldogs could win, but this is certainly a game that at the start of the season, I would have been pretty confident we were going to win. Mm. And now in the form that Melbourne are in. But and, <laughs> what do you mean the form they're in? They just, they lost the week before. They beat up a team that's fucking flaky as shit. Melbourne have been good though, I reckon this season. Like, I mean, they've... Hot and cold. When, yeah, but when they're good, they're good. And yeah. they've got a lot of, I mean, you know, guys like Viney and... You know, they've got some really good, you know, players in that team yeah, now. Yeah. Like, and and they're, they're starting to re-sign them all. And I think they're starting to play with a bit of belief. And mm. Petrarca's definitely going to be a gun. I can yeah. see why they all are excited about him. And mm. so... He led their contested possessions. So He led their contested possessions in his second game. Yeah. Appar- well, also, apparently, like, even... like I was, You know when they do those, uh, like, Fox footy things where they ask all the players various... Um, questions and whatever and one of them was like who's the most annoying player at your club oh it was the rising star it was the uh, kid who got the you know, it was like who's the most annoying and he was like oh Petraka he annoys us all <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah I, I get that I don't know if you've seen the one where they ask the players uh, what would the world be like without footy have oh, you ever yeah, seen yeah, that yeah. one and Tuck Goldstein's like oh, I don't even want to think about it <laughs> N- like it's honestly like <laughs> he's never had as scary a thought in his life it's but all the players yeah. they all suddenly are lost for words or like just one of them uh, starts crying oh, you start crying is there a possibility <laughs> that could happen <laughs> I, am, I don't even know what what are you saying uh, That's a great promo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, demons. Um, you know, I don't know. I, it's it's hard to tell, but I think that they're they're certainly going in the right direction. I would have thought. Yeah, and uh, Jesse Hogan. So just quickly, Jesse yes. Hogan was over in Perth this weekend visiting family. Oh, was he? Yeah, absolutely no meetings with Fremantle. <sighs> I mean, if you're Freo, you just throw everything at it. I, I noticed that Melbourne said that they wanted to keep him, but they won't pay overs. Yep. Well, what did Jonathan Brown say? 15 million for 10 years. <laughs> like, a few too many knocks. You know what? Many. I think that's Jono Brown's concussion test. Yeah, Some of the shit that he's been saying this year 
is Jono Brown's concussion. I, they should, someone should have read that headline and just gone, hey, Jono, we're going to have to put you in for some more tests, buddy, because I think you've lost it 15 million for 10 years. Well, the fuck, I mean, did you, you would have said that about the Swans two years ago as well. Yeah, but Buddy's still going to play like this for another, like, six years. <laughs> I mean, the thing about a gun forward, you don't know where the game's going to go. You don't know where he's going to go. I mean, it's just, that's outrageous. But I understand... What he's saying is, you know, a player like that is probably worth, um, you know, going out of your way for. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, then we get to the the dogs uh, versus the crows, uh, which uh, I watched on Saturday night. Finally, you... revenge, Will, for the elimination final. It's I mean, all square now. Well, you know what the other thing is, like, because obviously the story of this game from the Adelaide fans was about free kicks. Yeah. And like, you know. Uh, a, here's what I will say. The Bulldogs did, if, the Bulldogs got the better of the free kicks and they certainly in the free kick count got the better of that. But I would argue, as I think anyone but Adelaide Crows fans have argued this week, that most of that is because the Bulldogs were first to the ball yeah. all the time. And the Bulldogs have the leading uh, possessions in the league, like by a mile, and they also have the leading free kicks. And I don't think there is actually, I think those two things are for the same reason. And the Bulldogs tackle hard, but I think we did. Like, you know, sometimes on those nights where you go, did we get the better of it or did the opposition? I think we did get the better of it. Like, I, you know, but yeah. I don't think there was any conspiracy. And I don't think there's anyone who watched that game who could honestly say that they thought that Adelaide should have won instead of the Bulldogs. Like, Adelaide nearly did win. Mm. I thought they were, you know, very good. And like, you know, but they just converted everything Adelaide. Do you think... It I mean, was... we had like 10 more scoring shots Do you or think it was important for the Dogs to win? Yeah, I did. Especially because the Talia thing and... I, did you hear him get booed? No. Oh, yeah, he got booed. Every oh, time really? he touched the ball, Tartly, he got booed. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know. We, the crowd certainly were on <laughs> they board remember. with that one. <laughs> uh, and I thought that... Um, which, by the way, is the sort of booing I love at the football. <laughs> nothing nothing better than that. That's fun booing. Yeah. There's the difference, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> um, I it was a nervous game to watch because I did think the Bulldogs dominated it, but Adelaide was so good at just and again it's what they did to us in the preliminary in the elimination final in that uh, first final last year um, was I thought we dominated that game as well, but when they turned it over on us and got over the back, they converted every time and they were able to break it up and they did that. I mean Jenkins kicked eight. He was great. Mm, out of contract at the end of the year. Essendon must have been wrapped. They got rid of him oh, did years they? ago. I didn't know that. Oh, he was on there. He was their rookie Ruckman or something, oh, and they drafted him for like a number 43 draft pick or something yeah. like that. So, yeah, he's great. And he's, uh, yeah, he's going to put some dollars in his pocket. So, um, they, I thought that, you know, um, the Bulldogs were really good, though. I really enjoyed watching them. I thought that uh, it was one of those games, like Bonk had his first 30 possession game, and I thought he was great and then he had that moment in the last quarter where outside 50 you know had to kick it had to kick that goal and kicked it and stringer yeah the package the yeah. package was back yeah and brian taylor was almost masturbating <laughs> in the channel seven box yeah. but it was a good he night he played a good game it was a good night for stringer and he was uh, injured too right yeah and goal yeah he was but like fine and goal assists like you know he had a huge amount of goal assists yeah the the way that he was giving off the ball all the time i was just like Okay, this is what we want. But I think he was really helped by Redpath playing. Because Redpath played really well, but also... Yeah. Redpath having... is like your cozy. He's your blunt instrument. 
Like he doesn't have to fucking kick a bag. It's just the way he attacks the footy. It just he's he's a good player. I was surprised that it took a while for him to get into the side because I can see his his benefit. I think it's his. Um, I think there's been some fitness stuff, but oh, okay. uh, like injury fitness stuff. But um, I also think that just the, that team defense thing because he is a bit bigger. But I think he gives us a bit of. It was really interesting because Adams had his first bad game. He's been killing it, but he had one yeah. of those nights where well, he busted his finger or something. Yeah, like but also just like occasionally it was just you know one of those nights where this guy who has been the best intercept mark played some of the best football ever of like a, a rookie just coming into this defense had one of those nights where the ball would hit him in the head <laughs> you know like just one of those nights and then he got injured so he's out this week so having those taller guys campbell's been playing really well yeah. ruffy's been good you know I, I mean there was a lot to like i mean that that kind of those midfield players you know wallace and liver and like that whole fleet like dalhouse and all those guys what you realise now is Hunter, like, is if one's down a bit, you, we've now got enough guys that, you know, the other guys are stepping up having those, like, 25, 30 possession games. So, what is, so where's, where's your feeling on them now? How far do you reckon you'll go? Oh, uh, I mean, if four? we, I mean, we could make the top four, I reckon. Like, top four to six, I reckon, would be about where we'll go. And if we got a fit list back in finals, you could have a crack at it, roll the dice, see what happens, I reckon. Yeah, optimistic enough, you know, without being overly optimistic. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about one kid, though, who I hadn't seen much of before uh, uh, this week. is a guy called Bailey Dale. Have you ever heard of him? No. no. He's... Are you sure he's not from the OC? He's, well, <laughs> mate, you should see his face because he looks like somebody who should have just walked into the diner on Home and Away. Yeah, right. He is the baby. Like, I'm like, why, why is that? Chi- have they let a child play? Why is that baby playing? Is this like a Make-A-Wish or something? He looks like Benjamin Button, like, towards the end of his life. Like, the baby face on this kid is, it's crazy. So we have our own little Bailey baby Dale. face. What Bailey Dale. What does he play? Oh, he's, you know, we only have small runners all yeah, over right. the place now. I'll keep an eye out for him. Yeah. So, uh, I think that was, uh, oh, I did see, um, Bob Murphy on, uh, AFL 360 this week. It was his first one back talking about the, yeah. the, the knee and stuff. And speaking of Robbo going over the top, he bought him. This is Robbo who two days after did this editorial on 360 about how some child hadn't been raped. Or whatever, you know. Yeah, well, it's not like, a, in the it's not like a baby's been murdered. I'm like, why are you bringing up baby murder? And then he he, he had bought, he got him a big uh, bunch of flowers, and uh. then almost acted like a baby had been murdered. Like it was <laughs> went so over the top, oh, like really? you know about the knee and stuff. I was like, hey, you are the guy who said. But the long and the short of it is that Bob hasn't decided. Right? Hasn't decided. Ah, uh, I reckon he's going to just Mike. I'm watching him on the show. He couldn't come up with many reasons not to play. But I think clearly what he's thinking is, well, I'll do my rehab and I'll try to get it right. And then I'll just see when I actually know whether I think I can come back and play or not, whether I'll come back and play or not. Which I think is, I don't know why there's any reason for him to, you know, he's going to do the rehab anyway. Yeah. So do the rehab and see how you feel about it at the end. Yeah. I like that he was in the coach's Plenty of time the- for him to just listen to his UMI albums as he gets a coffee on Smith Street. Mate, he is... <laughs> Rides his fixie around. I was watching him on the show and you go, geez, it's good to have him as a footballer because <laughs> he's so intelligent. And the way he spoke about it was... Like, he genuinely gave it the gravitas that we all felt, but at the same time spoke about it in a philosophical way about the nature of life and how yeah. at home, you know, 
Like, you know, like he, they had this image of like his daughter hugging him in the rooms, being upset. And he talked about that being the worst moment. And then oh. like, but, but then, you know, at home, it's eventually no one gives a shit, you know, like you've got to get on with your life and stuff. Yeah, nice. and, and I thought it was just, but he spoke about, he talked about Martin Flanagan once saying that athletes have two deaths. You know, you have the death of your sporting career and the death of your, and in that moment, he did kind of feel like it was that that's what was happening. It was the death of the thing that he loved. So it was like, I really enjoyed uh, the interview as usual. Yeah. And then uh, Jordan Lewis came in and they always, when I love when they show highlights of Jordan Lewis is all you see is his bald spot. (laughs) Poor Jordan. He has this tiny little, and it's like, you just can't ever, because he's just in and under. Yeah. so on so TV, down. on TV, he has this like great head of hair, and you can't tell he's got this tiny bald spot. But every bit of footage they ever show, it just like reflects light. <laughs> like he should put some powder on before he goes out for a game, just to, because I think people are not seeing the ball because of the glint of his tiny little bald spot. Because <laughs> it's because it's only so small. It's just got this like laser pointer little. Yeah, right. Really, it, it draws the eye. He looks like a <clears throat> he looks like a monk who shrunk his hat. <laughs> Friar Lewis. <laughs> uh, all right, we should get through these. Um, uh, that was the dogs game, dogs and the crows. Yeah. Uh, so sorry to the crows fans, but apparently this week they were so mad over. I know, I saw that. It's like a game during the season. Yeah, and the one thing, the one coaching cliche is, that- you know, uh, the coaching cliche is always about, oh, the umpires didn't, uh, umpires didn't lose the game, we lost the game. But Don Pike came out and said the opposite. Oh, no, Will ripped off. Right. I was really interested that he said that because I was like, do you really think that was the case? Like, I mean... Although I guess Lepi, Lepich said the week before that fucking decision was... Oh, no, was he alleging it was Sydney or was he alleging it was the umpire's leper? Uh, he was alleging it was Sydney. Okay, right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, GWS uh, defeated Frio, but that was like a lot closer than... Yeah, and it was an important psychological hurdle for GWS, who had never won in WA. Uh, No, good win by them. It means they're also still the holders of the AFL title Uh, so far this season. So uh, they are in charge of that. And, of course, they're playing for the Cam McCarthy Cup. Yeah. Uh, So that's that's strange, right? Like, they gave up the opportunity, like we said, to get the draft pick. And so now... Because they needed to. Because they needed to say, hey... We're not going to lose yeah, these exactly. players, but, but now, now they're going to lose him. Yeah, definitely. So what do I mean? They, do they what are Frio going to be prepared to offer? You think probably? Well, here's third the thing. round draft pick or something. No, nah, but here's the thing: Frio need him more as well. So I think it's like one of those things where you kind of like they can't play too hardball. I mean, how Frio have got to get someone. Yeah, and McCarthy at least is there already. Yeah. All right. I don't know much more about that game. No. GWS are good. Frio yeah. no tried good. harder. <laughs> more next week uh, alright the Kangaroos and the Saints did you yeah. watch this game because well, uh, you were at the Logies right oh, yeah, have you yeah. watched it since well yeah I watched the first half before I left and then uh, I came back I actually was watching it on my phone as I went down the red carpet yeah, the last enough. five minutes um, but uh, yeah look you know what I, this is this is not it's probably going to jeopardise my, my chance for you to think it was number one ticket holder but I'm okay with the season continuing like this for this year. To mix it with the league leaders and the big boys and know you've got a chance to win and contentious finishes and stuff, I think you can still take belief from that 
yet still hold on to our first round draft pick. It's almost your perfect scenario. I right. think I, think I even close said it. losses against great teams. I I think I even said that in our in our, uh, our our preview game, our preview episode, is that that would be the ideal scenario. So, you know, we actually weren't playing that well for the first half. We dominated possession in the first two quarters, but could not kick a kick a goal, and then. They were all over, so I think they were four goals up in the last quarter, and I think it could have been an element of maybe they, you know, sort of took the foot off the pedal a bit, and then we kicked a few in a row. But that's fine; I don't care. Like you know, it gives the players confidence, and I think you have to. We'll have to win one of these games in in the season just to kind of. Otherwise, it might have the reverse effect. Where it's like, oh fuck, we can't beat anyone. We'll never win again. We've got to win one of those kind of games. But I'm happy if we get six to six to eight wins for the year and get that first round pick. I think it's all right because the players are playing really well and they're developing. Yeah, it's like it's it's all you you, you can ruin yourself by winning a couple of those ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also the you know the whole uh, contentious free kick. I reckon that was there. I'm actually surprised there was even as much debate about it. How did you feel about the shot clock? Him? Are you fine? With, like, yeah. How do you feel about the shot clock in general and the the game clocks and the countdown clocks? Do you give a shit well, one way or the other? The games that I've gone to live, I've never noticed it, and watching it on TV, I've never noticed it. So. The, it, it, it only became complicated by the, the scenario that played itself out in that game. But um, I don't know. It's not adding anything to the game. And I guess it's only detracting when a situation like that occurs. So The thing that I would say about, like, it's just how obvious the dude made it. Yeah. Just hide it a bit more. He just, he just grabbed one of those deck chairs that they right. keep on the boundary line, <laughs> sat down, started flipping through a footy record, ordered a drink from the bar upstairs, tied his shoelaces... <laughs> Called his mum. <laughs> called his mum. Yeah. It was Mother's Day. Yeah. He goes, just to say, I've got 30 seconds, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I'll call mum. It'll yeah. be fine. I yeah. just want to say hello. Turn on TV. I'm about to kick a goal. Mum. Yeah, mum. Yeah, mum. No, mom. Don't, don't put that on. Don't, don't put that don't, on. No, I've got 20, I've got two seconds left. Play on. Play on. Wait a minute. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, again, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. I don't think, I don't think anyone did. I don't think anyone blamed Mason Wood for, right. For what he did, it wasn't no, unsportsmanlike. It was, it was or no, it was more the discussion around whether it detracts or de- does it take the excitement out of right. the game. Yeah, I'd say it does. Yeah, it does a little bit. But and whether you could use that, like, could he have run down the clock and then, you know, if it was you know, a bit closer, then can you do a short pass over to someone else who's or also in a goal kicking position and they? But the thing I'd argue was, <coughs> it, it yeah, sure, it was unexciting in this scenario because they were one point up, so everyone knew if he held onto the ball. They're going to win regardless, but if they were five points down, right, it becomes very exciting, and then the clock becomes, you know, a, a device of tension. So, I think oh, Charlie, know. what a glass half full <laughs> perspective you've brought to that. I've heard a lot of people debate that topic this week, and yeah. no one's mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. What about the times when it makes it exciting? Yeah, because it it, it it could. I mean, it was like the argument over the golden point in the grand final. Because uh, yeah. basically, what it's going to be now is so the grand final. If it's a draw, uh, then they play five minutes extra time each way, yeah. and then after that, if it's still a tie, yeah. it goes to a golden point situation. And people are arguing how to make it exciting. It has to be a golden goal. Yeah. And I was like, literally, you've had a t- tied grand final, <laughs> then you've played another ten <laughs> minutes, and it's still tied. And you're like, I don't feel like it's going to be exciting enough <laughs> if it's decided by a point. You're right. Yeah. No, in that situation, let's discover if we're all like, think it's a letdown. I think yeah. we'll be fine. Yeah. And so um, North Melbourne lose Sean Higgins, mm-hmm. but they 
they uh, they they could be nine wins if they've got a pretty uh, good run for the next couple of weeks. Yes. They could be nine. Gets wins harder easily. for them on the way home, but yeah. it, uh But they've banked them, and so then they could start resting players. They'll be ahead of everyone else in terms of that. Higgins is a big loss, though. Higgins is a big loss, but. I mean, Waits, the, I don't know if he still is after this weekend, but did you know going into last weekend on Champion Data, the number one player in the AFL yeah. was Jared Waite? I know. I mean, what world do we live in? It's, it's the end of times. I mean, it feels like we're, this is a quantum universe. Yeah. <laughs> did we make some mistake at the end of last season? I mean, that's the, I guess I mean, that's one, amazing, of the, right? one of the things you'd say about North too is like their five best players are all 31, 32, 33 years old, like Del Santo, Waite. Petrie, you know, they've got some good young players, but yeah. they, there's a heavy reliance on that kind of... I mean, know, Wells even is still... Citizens. Like, I mean, Wells was great. He's 30-something. Yeah, um, you know, and Boomer, of course, is 90. <laughs> yeah. But well, there was... An still going strong. There was a bit of trivia. There's a, our, our first-year player, Jade Gresham, was playing against Brent Harvey last week. Jade Gresham's dad played in the same team as Brent Harvey when Brent Harvey first started out. So Harvey's played with his dad and his son. I mean, that's amazing. But it's one of those things where I, I find this hilarious all the time now because, I, like, I think when I realised I was old was the age where you were oldest, older than the oldest footballer. So, like, it's like suddenly like, oh, yeah, right, because yeah. I look at footballers still and I'm like, they look like men. Yeah. Whereas, like, you know, I don't even feel like... Yeah, sometimes young... <laughs> Half a man. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. But but now I'm old. I, now I'm old enough that some of these footballers could be my kids. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, That's right. Wow. When I realised I'm older than Brendan Bolton, I was like, oh. Well, I'm older than a coach. <laughs> <laughs> but who do I look up to? <laughs> that scared me. Uh, all right. So, um, uh, Port Adelaide uh, really Lions. beat the Lions. See. Didn't see any of it. By a lot, though. Really? So How much? Po- uh, 136 to 59. Fucking hell, wow. Yeah, so that um, so was that, Port was, was that Adelaide Oval, must be. Maybe it was. I can't remember actually, but um, yeah, I think well, and Rockcliffe's out now with an injury as well. Things are getting harder for Brisbane. Yeah, Port Adelaide continue to do that thing where you're just like, am I? Are they dead yet, or are yeah. they not quite dead yet? Not still quite. teasing. Not so, quite, still teasing. Not quite. So I would say not quite dead yet. So. I don't know much about that game. Didn't didn't see much of it. Uh, the only thing that came out of it for me was the Lee Matthews comments. Well, I do. The only thing I know is they had a lot of good players come back for that game. So they've got like Wingard and Wines and all those dudes playing back. So they're probably at expected level. But yeah, they're like West Coast. You just you just don't know. I think yeah yeah I absolutely agree. All right, so, so that's we, uh, that's it. So we should uh, look at uh, look, look ahead to next week. Okay, so round eight starts uh, tomorrow night uh, with the Adelaide Crows hosting the Cats. Um, that'll be a good game. Yeah, that's that's another cracking game. And, and that's in a Adelaide, danger returning home. What kind of reception? I don't think you'll get booed. Uh, did, did Adelaide get booed back at? Kidney Park? I mean, you do a bit, but no. Because uh, not if you go like in the way that they both went. I mean, he won the best and fairest there last year. He, you know, yeah. I mean, he did everything he could. But uh, Jared Wheatley uh, suggested this week on 360 that th- they should give him the silent treatment. He said that would be terrifying <laughs> if every time he got the ball, the entire crowd Jared just. Wheatley. What did I say? Wheatley Wheatley's, again. Yeah, yeah. Wheatley, Wheatley. I'm Greg sorry, Wheatley, Jared. Jared Wheatley. Jared, yeah. <laughs> Glenn Wheatley. Say, say it different. Glenn Wheatley. Jared Wheatley. Jared Wheatley. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's my vocal. vocal warm-up. Warm-up. <laughs> Glenn Whiteley, Jared Whiteley. Glenn Whiteley, Jared Whiteley. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be unnerving. Can you imagine? Yeah. That'd be they the just best. all turn their backs. Just every time. Just and then silence. Patrick Dine feels like, I'm sure they saw me, but they just look straight just, at their phones. <laughs> every like, time, just ignore me. Uh, on Saturday, the Dons take on North Melbourne at Eddie Head Stadium. Uh, imagine North Melbourne will win yeah, that quite North easily. North Melbourne will win Essendon that. feel a bit creaky now. Like, it's actually... Yeah, I mean... It's not the Essendon, kind of game you want to watch. Essendon are playing. only going to... Yeah, it's the sort of game you want to watch if your team are playing Essendon. Yeah. So that you can watch your... I mean, Jared Waite could kick eight. Yeah. So, um... Let's see how... Uh, did you see that footage of uh, BJ getting all angry at his bench because he didn't understand what tactics he was meant to implement? Right. Against the Swans. Literally, the ball was in the forward 50... And he was just wandering towards the bench, like remonstrating, waving his arms, obviously unclear about what they're meant to do. It's like, you're not even pretending. No, and I don't know if he's got the temperament for to, to be a captain. No. Hawthorne take on Fremantle and Tasmania. This could be a 100-point victory to the Hawks, you'd think. Yeah, I mean, Frio don't travel that well. Although they have had some unexpected, you know, good results in that. In the, but yeah, no, you think that Hawthorne, how they're going at the moment. Well, they're in a rebuild. They are in a rebuild. Two teams in a rebuild. <laughs> so, 70 I mean, points. that's the interesting thing to see that these two clubs that are in the middle of their rebuilds. Let's see who's but, having the more successful rebuild. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bet on Hawthorne. <laughs> uh, Battle of the expansion clubs, as we see the Giants take on the Suns at Spotless. Again, this could be... It's actually I mean, quite a lopsided round so far. I mean, unless the Suns change their name to the Davids, there is no way they are <laughs> defeating this Giant. <laughs> <laughs> would have worked better for the other GWS Goliaths, but, but sure. I'll, I'll, I'll pay that. I, I would say... Or Jack. Unless, yes, yeah, Jack, sorry. <laughs> the Gold Coast Jacks. Yeah. I mean, often you can get the Jack from going to the Gold Coast, <laughs> so that does work out. Uh... Uh, Brisbane Lions play Collingwood in the James H Trophy. Yep, up at the Gabba. That's I reckon them Lions. I know they've lost toss Rockcliffe, of the coin. No, nah, I'm going to pick the Lions. You, like you said, you keep pick Collingwood every week. I think maybe it's time to. I mean this this abandon ship. I mean here's the thing that we do know about Collingwood though, Charlie. They are good with their backs to the wall. So <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I think the Lions at home, but after Lee Matthews' big week and whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. It'd be interesting. Uh Later that night, the Tigers take on Sydney at the MCG. Like I predict, this is my lock of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I this, predict yeah. Richmond will do the most Richmondy thing ever and beat fucking Sydney on a Saturday night at the MCG. I mean, that would be a very Richmondy thing to do, but I think Sydney. Will I mean, I watched one. the first when I was watching the Hawks Tigers last week. That first quarter, I'm like, oh, they're being Richmondy. Look at them; they're up and about. They're being so Richmond. Is and Rance- then they actually lost the games. So I was like, oh, that's very Richmondy. <laughs> is Rance back? Rance must be yeah, close to back. being back. So, okay, just a quick question on the yeah. Tigers. You'd think they're going to have to trade out someone to get some yeah. young guns. Yes. Out of their five, so Revolt, Rance, Lids. Uh, who else would you put in that category? Martin, Martin, and. Vickery. <laughs> Let's not want Vickery's no. Let's say that four. Yeah. Who do you trade out of that group? Uh, who can you do without? I mean, none of them. They can't do without any of them. Uh, who do you get the most value for would be my question. Or who that you... I mean... Revolt would get you a first round. Well, I think all of them would get you a first round. Lids? Delidio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the Still. right team. I mean... 
it, say Burgoyne uh, goes from Hawthorne this year, mm. and you like Hawthorne could easily get a Delidio yeah, straight true. into there and like yeah. put them. That'd be a typically Hawthorne yeah. thing to do, you know. But, and yeah, 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 I could see that. And you get yeah. like so pick nineteen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, totally. You could get a first round like pick for him Late easily. First round. Yeah. Um, okay, on Sunday, the Blues going for four in a row against Port Adelaide at Etihad Stadium. Who knows? Fuck, man. Like, Port Adelaide is so up and down. And Carlton, you know, full head of steam. They must be getting supporters to games now. Three in a row. You reckon they're going for four in a row? Could be. Who knows? Would that be an upset? Uh, it would be, yeah, an upset. be an upset. It'd be an upset if Carlton won. Uh, but Port Adelaide, it's a lottery. But Port Adelaide should... I think what will happen is Port Adelaide will come over and they will play very well and Carlton, this will be their slump after their little good run and they'll get beaten by a bit. But who knows? Who knows with Port? It's a fucking mystery. Yeah. Later that day, uh, the Demons take on the Mighty Bulldogs, the MCG. Be a good game. First actually. game at the G for the Dogs uh, after oh, the it? final last year. Nice big open ground, lots of runners on both sides. Who knows what will happen here? You're missing Adams. Who goes to Hogan? I mean, I don't know is the answer. <laughs> I don't know if we have anyone who, like, could... I think we'll have to play team defence. Like, okay. I think that's what will happen. I don't think we have anyone in particular who can, can go one-on-one go one on one with him. I mean, because you can't... I mean, here's the thing. Dale Morris last week played on uh, Eddie Betts and kept him completely quiet. But it would not surprise me one bit if Dale Morris played on Jesse Hogan because Dale Morris is just one of those guys who you just put him on whoever and he can play. Mm. But I don't know if we have someone who like could... Re- I think we're going to have to concentrate on the ball not getting to him. Okay. Um, what about the battle of the midfields? They've got a good midfield. They've got midfield. a good midfield. Yeah. I think it'd be great. And it'll be... Yeah, I mean, Viney is an absolute, you know, absolute... Do they go head-to-head, you reckon? Or do you have to clamp down on Viney? Nah. I mean, we'll just play how we play in the midfield. I don't think they really tag anyone at the Bulldogs anymore. Last game is over at the main stadium. Uh, the Eagles hosting the Saints, which, you know, I'll keep my current uh, viewpoint, which is if we, as long as we put up a good effort, you know, we see some development stuff, keep it within six goals. Don't want to be embarrassed. I reckon we could match it for two or three quarters. I don't then... think you'll be embarrassed. No. I could almost see you winning that one, but West Coast at home, you just got to... Go tip him. Yeah. Um, now, last week uh, we signed off by uh, saying "Go Saints, Go Bulldogs," and yeah. then I realised that's what they're doing. Junk time. AFL. Well, well, I mean, I'm sure they're not so the first people ever to fucking <laughs> say "Go" their team at the end of something. Like, surely we can come up with something. Okay, all right. Something better. I don't sure. know. Like, but did um, you come up with something, or is now the time um, you decided? Play to on, not up? fifteen. 